You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in the book of Revelation, and we're looking at, this will be the final installment of this three Wednesdays where we've dealt with false doctrine. And if you remember, in almost every letter written to these local churches, there is some sort of heresy that is taking root or is trying to infiltrate these churches. I always grew up around a garden. And even here, when we lived across from pastor, we had some sort of a garden there. And if you garden, you know you do not sow purposely weeds into your garden. You don't have to plant weeds. They, they kind of spring up on their own. And you are constantly working to keep that garden pure so that the weeds don't steal nutrients from those plants that bear the fruit. They just constantly pop up. The same thing is true in a church. You don't have to sow weeds. They seem to just pop up on their own. And it is constant digging and plowing and removing to keep the church pure. In studying this topic, to be honest with you, it's kind of overwhelming because of how big it is and all that it encompasses. And I've been thinking about it the last few weeks just because we're studying in this. And honestly, how do you condense it all down and put it into a 30-minute message and explain it to people properly what is going on in our world today? Because people say, well, isn't that just preferential things? But I'm convinced that it is far deeper and more devilish than preferential differences, but that there are absolutely things that are going on in other churches, but also in our kind of churches nowadays that are satanic, and they are error, heresy, and they're leading someplace we don't want to go. I want to show you several Bible verses tonight, and then we'll talk specifically about these heresies in these churches and in these letters but get your Bible and turn with me to some Bible verses. Take your Bible, go with me back a couple pages to the book of Jude. Yep. I want you to see what it says. Remember I told you this, every book of your New Testament except for one deals with false teachers and heretics and apostates. So you say, well, I don't think you ought to spend time worrying about it. Well, Jesus did because it's in every book of your New Testament except for one. Look what Jude wrote. Jude in verse number 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, he said, It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And here is why it was needful. Verse 4, For there are already at work in the first century before John was even dead, I mean still alive, he said, There are currently certain men and watch how they come in. They always creep in. They don't come in advertising themselves for what they are. Because in their heart of hearts, they know that they are not right. Amen. They creep in, unawares. And by the way, they go to those that are simple, those that have been hurt, those that are bitter. Amen. Those that feel like they're a victim. And they manipulate them and pull them along with them. Certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. I like how he describes them, ungodly men. Turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. So they're prostituting out the grace of God so that they can fulfill the desires of their flesh. 
and denying the only Lord God, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Verse 15. You say, what chapter? That's why you need to come to Wednesday night. <laughs> to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are, watch what he says, ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches. They like to be intellectual. They want to outsmart you. And of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. And here's what these false prophets are. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaking great swelling words, having men's, this is it right here, men's persons in admiration because of advantage. They take advantage, merchandise people, to elevate themselves. Let's turn back just a little bit. Go to 1 John. I think Tony Hudson called it I, John. I've never heard that in my life. 1 John chapter number 2 and verse number 26. Look what it says in verse number 26. I want you to see how he describes false teachers. These things have I written unto you concerning, here's how he describes them. Them that, see the word here, seduce you. When Brother Hudson preached about a good church is like a good woman, he used Proverbs 31. But you know there's a parallel, an anti-type to that in the Bible of a seducing kind of a woman? God has his true church and movement and work of God. Satan also has his own seducing spirits and the doctrines of devils. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 1, look what he says. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Boy, that'd be a blessing right there. Don't be so quick to put your like, your retweets, your share button on anything that says it's of God. Take a moment and try the Spirit. Spiritual discernment. You say, well, how do I get discernment? By reading your Bible. Isn't it amazing how the modern-day Christian thinks God speaks to them in every way except for the Word of God? God speaks through my feelings. God speaks through a song. God speaks through a circumstance. God speaks through a tragedy. What about God speaking through his word? Whenever we take out the word of God and have no final authority, we can make God say whatever we want God to say. He said, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they're of God. Because watch this, not just a handful, but many false prophets are gone out into the world. Go back with me, uh, second, second, or go back a little bit to 2 Peter. Take your Bible, 2 Peter. I'll show you these Bible verses 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 1. Look what he says. I'm just showing you that there is a need for this. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. Here's how they operate again, who privily, they, they sneak in, shall bring in damnable heresies even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon them swift destruction. A couple more verses. 2 Timothy chapter 3. All right, take your Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 13. I want you to see what, what it says, and I'm going to give you the, the outline for the night. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and then verse number 13. By the way, we're already doing something that they won't do in these churches that we're talking about tonight. Look, what, if you ever go to church and the preacher doesn't want you to have your Bible, then you're in the wrong place. 
Look what it said in verse number 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax, not better and better, worse and worse. But here's how they operate. Listen now, deceiving and being deceived. And then you turn over to chapter number 4 and verse number 1. He said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Look what he says, Timothy. Preach the word. And here's why, verse number 3, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. So Paul will emphasize to Timothy over and over again the need to take heed unto himself, but also unto doctrine. I read a statement the other day. It said, we are not living in the days of the apostles. We are living in the days of apostates. In terms of religion, our world is headed toward complete, total apostasy. And even now, we're in the midst of a great falling away. But one of these days, that falling away will be complete. And the religion of the world will be totally antichrist. Even now, the spirit of antichrist is at work in this world. And the devil's agenda is to so muddy and pollute Bible doctrine as to confuse the child of God and to ultimately damn lost people to an eternity in hell. Sometimes I fear that we think that what will be fulfilled during the great tribulation will not begin until the time of Jacob's trouble. But can I say the things that will come to their fullness in the tribulation do not wait and begin during the tribulation. They are at work right now in these last days. Ephesians 2.2. Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit, now watch the phrase, that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now it is no coincidence that we're watching such an aggressive push to destroy any semblance of morality or any distinction of spirituality in our culture today. It is no coincidence that gender roles are being totally reversed. And the concept of church is being rethought. It is no coincidence that the world is becoming increasingly more connected. And that religions are becoming increasingly more intertwined. It is no coincidence that our world is being conditioned to come under the control of dictatorial policy makers. What we got a taste of during COVID is no coincidence. It's no coincidence that Christianity is being increasingly tolerant of things the Bible is not tolerant of, and that Christians are becoming increasingly Bible illiterate. It is no coincidence that the world coins that which they would say is spiritual, that which appears to be very secular. It's no coincidence that society is drunk on the blood of babies and crazed over the mutilation of bodies. It is no coincidence that we live in an hour where good is called evil, and evil is declared good by both people and government policy. It isn't anything new. It's as old as the Garden of Eden. It's as evil as Satan himself. And perilous times we live in are simply pathway to tribulation that will come. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 7, there's a warning about this. It said, for the mystery of iniquity, and this was written thousands of years ago, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. These things that we're seeing today 
are nothing new. They're as old as Genesis 10 and the mystery religion, I believe, of Nimrod in Babylon and that satanic movement that began there and then scattered throughout the world in different forms of idolatry and the worship of female deities and things of that nature. But we see it now infiltrating and sweeping over Christianity as a whole. And I've said this before, if you were to look at mainstream Christianity, it is far more like Eastern mysticism than it is the Word of God. We're adapting and adopting things that they do in pagan places and we're putting a Christian veneer hanging a cross around his neck and acting like it pleases the Lord. Oh, my. Under the guise of Christian, the idolatry that we see today is not coincidental. The priesthood hierarchy and the exaltation of man is not coincidental. The perversion of Calvary and the promotion of these mandatory ritualistic observances is not coincidental. False prophets parading themselves around in $1,000 suits and million-dollar jets proclaiming to have the ability to speak new revelations from God and raise the dead and cast out devils, that's not coincidental. The popularity of the prosperity positive thinking person is not coincidental. The seas of people that flock to hear them preach is not coincidental. Amen. People today think God owes them a favor and God wants them to be happy. And listen, that's not coincidental. The lack of convictions in the pulpit is not coincidental. The lack of boldness among preachers is not coincidental. The unwillingness to declare a definitive position is not coincidental. It's not a coincidence that the Pope is pushing all these interfaith things. It's not a coincidence that most mainline Protestant denominations are affirming same-sex marriage. And no longer do they preach the gospel, but they preach social justice. It's not a coincidence that there's this current movement in Christianity to make it more popular and palatable, and Hollywood is behind it. It's not coincidental that good words are being used to describe bad things, and that Bible terms are being twisted to deceive people that have no discernment. It's not coincidental that there's much more flesh than spirit working in most places of worship. I'm going to get to it in a minute. Just bear with me. It's not coincidental that no one wants to hear, thus saith the Lord. Nobody wants an authoritative voice, but everybody wants to be the authoritative voice. It's not coincidental that the bulk of Christianity is bent toward the effeminate. Watch, look, and listen to what the world calls Christianity, and you'll see that it's made up of a bunch of men who act like women and a bunch of women who act like men. We're going to have a good time tonight. I say that none of these things are coincidental. And they're not incidental, but they're all on purpose and they're all pointing somewhere. The Bible says we're living in the last days and it's not going to get better and better. I'm sorry, we're not going to usher in peace on earth. We're going to see all hell break loose here on earth. And it's going to wax worse and worse. And I made this statement three weeks ago, what Dr. Malone said. He said, now I'm on a fishing trip, not a snake hunt. But if a snake crawls in our boat, we're going to cut its tail off right behind the neck. And I think if we do not start calling out things and dealing with things, and by the way, teaching our people Bible doctrine, we're going to lose a mass of people to this new age movement that is taking over Christianity. Even today, I saw a preacher in my age bracket mocking, and he's a pastor, 
mocking the King James Bible. Now, if you were to ask him, he would say that he's King James only. So where is the discernment and the wisdom in a spiritual leader putting a post out on social media that would hurt his own people's faith in the Word of God? Everything is so light. Everything is so adolescent. Everything is fun and games. Nothing really is sacred. Nothing is holy. Nothing is at a higher level anymore. It's all flesh. It is all carnal. It is all just entertain and have a good time. And I say that is all moving in a bad direction. As we read these letters written to these churches, you can already see that there is apostasy taking place and heresy taking hold almost in every assembly. Now, John, who wrote the book of Revelation, warned throughout his other epistles of these deceivers. But now the Lord calls them by name. Now, when you read these letters, you can apply them several ways. Number one, locally. These letters are written to those local churches. They can be applied personally by the membership of those churches. He that hath an ear, let him hear I believe you can apply them prophetically. I think we could take these churches and we could do that study and see the overview of entirety, the entirety of church history and see not the progression of Christianity, but the digression of Christianity up until the point to which we now live. But also, these letters are an admonition to you and I today to be on guard against these things that were rampant in these churches. Remember now, the devil's motto is always this, yea, hath God said. Am I not right that that is the theme of our day? Even among men who shepherd flocks, yea, hath God said? Everything is questioned. Everything is doubted. No longer will they just take the Bible at face value. And it's amazing to me how we'll discredit the Bible and then sell our soul to something that a man pinned on his blog or something of that nature whenever we have the authoritative Word of God. Now, you study out these letters, and let me give them to you, and then we'll dive into what they are. You study out these letters, and you'll notice the church at Ephesus. The church in Ephesus dealt with a crowd called the Nicolaitans, and we're going to look into that. The church in Smyrna was where the synagogue of Satan was. Also, the church at Philadelphia dealt with the synagogue of Satan, and we'll talk about that. In Pergamos, we find this doctrine called the doctrine of Balaam infiltrating that church. You study out the church in Thyatira, and my, here's where I'm going to have to hide behind the pulpit. They had a woman named Jezebel causing trouble in that place. So what you see, if you break it down, they are dealing with false doctrine, the flesh, and feminism. But let me give a disclaimer. I'm not anti-anybody, but I am pro-Bible. Everybody all right? So let's look at what they're dealing with here. In the church at Ephesus, they had two different groups, the Nicolaitans, but first let me show you this. They have them, verse number two of chapter two, look with me. Them which say they are apostles and are not. And look what it says. He said, and has found them liars. So here's a doctrine or here's a group that is attempting to infiltrate that church in Ephesus. And that group is a group parading themselves around as apostles. 
Now, what is an apostle? An apostle is an eyewitness of the resurrected Christ. An apostle is not somebody who wakes up in the morning, prints out a placard for their desk that says, Apostle Gertrude, and then she's an apostle. No, an apostle is an eyewitness of Jesus Christ. This church had people infiltrating, saying, we're apostles. What do they mean by that? They're saying, we have all the authority and all of the unction and all of the anointing of the apostles. What is that? Signs and wonders. They can speak with absolute authority. In this church, where men parading themselves around saying, well, I'm a miracle worker, I'm a healer. God spoke to me an advanced revelation that you've never heard before. And they had unquestioned and unsanctioned authority. Did you know that that is happening in churches all across our world today? Even today, as I was looking for things, I saw a church and this man calls himself apostle whatever. I want to say liar, liar, pants on fire, as they say in the book of Psalms. You know, I mean, he, what in the world? An apostle? That whole movement, I mentioned that church, up in Redding, California, that new apostolic reformation that's taking place, they literally believe that they have that apostolic okay from the Lord and that they're able to do all of these signs and wonders. In fact, these charismatic churches say their apostle has power even over the pastor of a local church if they pull into town. And they can speak out or extra biblical outside the Bible. And God gives them new revelations. Let me go ahead and help you. God does not give anyone any kind of revelation outside of Genesis through Revelation. If anybody gets up and said, the Lord showed me in a vision, liar. Or in a dream, Jesus said, liar. Or I was meditating, um, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, God met with me there. You're a liar. Amen. If you're reading after anybody, watching anybody, listening to anybody that says that kind of stuff, that's the wrong crowd to listen to. 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 13 said this. Listen to me now. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. We've got to be careful because here's what that crowd is teaching today. Three words, deliverance, demonstration, and dominion. You say, well, we wouldn't preach that here. No, but there's churches like us that are preaching it. Well, I'm just building the kingdom. No, you're not. Let's go out and do kingdom work. You're letting your Bible ignorance hang out. You better tuck it back in. Say amen right there. We're not doing anything for a kingdom. That, those apostolic churches, charismatic churches, think there are seven hills they have to gain dominion over. And when they gain dominion over the seven hills of education and family and business and entertainment, etc., they can usher in their Christ. So you tell me what kind of Christ is going to be ushered in by that kind of a crowd. The Antichrist will be. There's a movement now called this deliverance movement. And there's a man involved in it who's preached here before a long time ago. Put out a movie. It's in the theaters right now. And they are supposedly delivering saved people from demon possession. And his logic was, well, it's like the Old Testament tabernacle. A demon can't get in the Holy Holies, but he can get in the outer court. A demon won't touch your soul, but he can possess your body. That's just dumb. 
You're trying to tell me a demon can inhabit the temple of this, where the Holy Spirit dwells? And here's what they do. What they're doing is setting you free from the guilt of sin. Because here's how they word it. Tonight I cast out the demon or I call out the demon of jealousy and the demon of gossip and the demon of bitterness. I command you in Jesus' name, come out of them. That's not a demon, that's your sin. It is not a demon making me do that. It is me making me do that. Say amen right there. They go so far as to say that mental illness is a demon. And they commanded to come out in Jesus' name. And that movie is going all around theaters and people are supposedly having demons exercised in theaters. That's not of God. Them who say they are apostles, that's that Bethel church and the Hillsong crowd. Everybody all right? And Joel Osteen and the Word of Faith movement. Signs and wonders and miracles, unquestionable authority, setting themselves up as a pope over people. False Apostles. Number two is Nicolaitans. That word Nicolaitans is a Greek, two Greek words, Nikolaos, to conquer the laity, to conquer the people. That crowd is the crowd. Paul addresses that in Acts 20. In Acts 20, verse 29 through 30, we can turn there and look. We've got a couple of minutes. I'll go quickly. We have Acts, Acts chapter 29. You know, Paul, in, in Acts, he's in Ephesus, and he spent much time there, three years in Ephesus, in fact, and he deals with that and warns about that even then. Acts 20, and then verse number 29, he said, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. You say, what's the Nicolaitans? That's the hierarchical division between clergy and membership. It's absolute, unaccountable authority. It's like a cult. I have to go to that man to have my sins forgiven. I have to go to that man to pray so that he can get my prayer to God. That's heresy. They alone have the power of salvation. If my loved one dies and gets stuck in purgatory, i got to pay enough money and pray enough prayers and be good enough to get him out. And when that man says I've paid enough, they can get out. That's heresy. That's not people who just believe different. That's heresy. All right, next there's the synagogue of Satan. What's the synagogue of Satan? That's that crowd who says they're Jews, but they're not Jews. I want you to know something today. You are not a Jew physically. Now, spiritually, we're of the seed of Abraham. But physically, unless you are a Jew here. I see a Caleb back there on the, on the camera. Made me think of that. But anyway, he, he's half. So anyhow, you're a Gentile and so am I. What is the synagogue of Satan? They steal the promises of Israel and claim them as their own. That's that kingdom theology. Most of your charismatics believe in that. They take all the Old Testament scriptures, misapply it to right now. The synagogue of Satan are those who say, well, we ought to go to church on the Sabbath. You have to obey the dietary restrictions of the law, right? All of these different observances. I'm, I'm a, 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 what's that, whatever Israelite thing they do now, the, the, the roots and all that kind of thing, where they trace themselves back to some lost tribe of Israel, that is heresy. Number three, there's this, or four, there's this doctrine of Balaam. You know who Balaam is in the Old Testament? Balaam in the Old Testament, his name is a Hebrew word, and it means this, people conquer. 
So the Nicolaitans is the clergy rule over the people. The doctrine of Balaam is the people rule over the clergy. Balaam is the one that Balak used to convince the people of God to yoke up, mix, or marry with the Moabites. In your Bible, Moab is a type of the world. The doctrine of Balaam infiltrating this church is basically the doctrine of sensuality, carnality, and letting the flesh dictate how you worship God. So you think about the doctrine of Balaam, his name, to devour, to swallow up, to ruin. It's that entire movement that tries to make everything casual, cool, and hip. That's why, listen, even this week, somebody asked me what I thought about it. But that Jesus Revolution movie that idolizes that Jesus freak movement, can I say that entire thing is the doctrine of Balaam? Because they ushered in contemporary Christian music, come to church in your jeans and your flip-flops. The testimony is, I like that dude. I, I was a surfer, and he used the same kind of language I use. I say, well, that, that, you don't have to do that. Brother Sly comes to this church, and he thinks it's gnarly, you know. I mean, he's here. It's all flesh. You know the average church today is all flesh. You say, how can you tell? Because it's got three hours of a concert and then no Bible preaching. They'd take framework like that and leave it up all the time. And then they'd hang different colored lights from it, put a row of women up there to lead everything. Amen. And then after about three hours, a little skinny fellow who looks like he's anorexic wearing a pair of jeans that you have to Vaseline your legs to slip into would walk up there. I mean, he's like 60 years old and dressing like he's going to a senior prom or something like that. And he walks up to the pulpit and he, and he said, I just want to preach on God is love. And what I mean by that is God loves you no matter what you do. And all it does is stroke the flesh. That's heresy. It's not just preference. It's not peripheral issue. It's totally unholy. Amen. Dethroning God. Balaam was intellectual. He was industrious. He used spiritual terminology. But at the end of the day, he said, marry up with the world. He, he said, eat things offered to idols. Commit fornication. Uh, he said, popular consensus, that's what we'll do. However you want to do it. Here's the, here, here it is. I'll move on. Trade out what's right for what feels good. One more, we'll be through. And here's where I wish we had the bulletproof plexiglass around the pulpit. Jezebel the prophetess. You're not preaching. Why don't you get up here, Brother Tover? You wouldn't do it. Je Jezebel, <laughs> Jezebel the prophetess. Now, if you know your Old Testament, we don't have to labor who Jezebel was. But Jezebel is a pagan, Baal-worshipping woman. And honestly, she is the authority behind the weak male leadership of a man named Ahab. Ahab was spineless, had no backbone, had no discernment. He was a wicked man, and Jezebel ran him around on a short leash. Jezebel is synonymous with seduction and unsanctioned authority. Here's what she was, a, dom oh my, a domineering, seductive, narcissistic, self-centered, attention-crazed, manipulative woman. She was carnal, she was vicious, and she wanted to destroy the work of God. Very different from 1 Peter 3, 4. She wasn't meek, she wasn't chaste, she wasn't gentle, she was not quiet. She was totally anti, here's the word, patriarchy. Now here's where we've got to be careful with letting culture influence our church. Feminist movement is destroying our country. God is not anti-woman. Amen. And a Bible-believing person is not anti-woman at all. Amen. We believe 
in the equality of the sexes, but different roles. Amen. We do not believe man-woman like this. We believe man-woman like this, but God has ordained functions for the man and the woman. They're different. What the feminist wants to do is not simply, it, 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 they say, it, it is not to say, well, I just, we just, we're not being treated fairly. What they want is not this. What they want is that. And by the way, that's a sign of the last days. In the book of Isaiah, it talks about that happening where women and children will run everything. And you study it out today, and you'll hear terms like this, toxic masculinity. What is toxic masculinity? John Wayne. Matt Dillon, amen. Pee Wee Herman is not. But anyway, all those. Toxic masculinity is a fellow who still wears pants that have a little bit of room on the thigh. Toxic masculinity is somebody, a man who doesn't mind getting dirt under his fingernails. Toxic masculinity is a man who opens the door for a lady or says if she's carrying something, you want me to carry that for you? Maybe it's heavy. I can't tell you the number of times around here well, I will offer to hold a door for a, for, a, for a woman and she'll come through there almost ticked off at me like, I can open that door. I want to say, let's see it then. You know, what in the world? So the shot is that toxic masculinity, but the exaltation is of rabid feminism. You study out paganism, they always worship a female deity. That old mystery Babylon religion with Nimrod and his wife, they exalted her and called her the queen of heaven. And then Egypt began to worship her and the Assyrians began to worship her. And now your Starbucks cup has her on it. Everybody all right? I drink Starbucks today, so don't get nervous on me. But it's true. You ever notice now all of our superhero movies, even if it's not even how it used to be, they, they go back to these old comics and whatever and they manipulate it now and make the hero of the superhero movie a woman. I'm not against there being a woman hero, but it's just a little bit overboard when Batman is a woman now or whatever it is, you know? I mean, the very name, man, Batman, when Batman has to put on Maybelline, we got a problem. That's a whole nother issue. The LGBTQ plus whatever movement, that is anti-God. That is a ploy to destroy masculinity. Amen. You, you look around our culture, everything, you, you watch television if you want to watch it. Is it not true the husband is always the dumbest one on the show? And maybe there's some reality to that in some of your relationships. I don't know if that's true or not. But isn't that true? He's, if he does anything, it messes up. If he says anything, it's stupid. But what it is, it's a subtle attack on the Bible. Amen. You know better than, than anyone that we cherish and treat women right. But the Jezebel spirit, that's the whole contemporary Christian movement. I don't know how you could be a man and be a neo-anything. How do you go to a praise and worship church and be a man? I'm serious. I know I'm not from California originally, but I've lived here long enough to know the culture in California is not as feminine as they say it is in other places. There's men here, aren't there? So you can't use the excuse and say, well, you're just not from here. No, I'm just not that gender. Everything is feminine. Why do they always use the purple lights? Why can't we have camouflage lights? Say amen right there. I don't even know what that looked like, but we'd all have Caesars and have a good time, wouldn't we? Uh, 
why is it though? Everything is like, the music is so effeminate. You can't even sing it as a man unless you are questioning your own sexuality. I mean, it's, oh, I mean, it's, I can't even do it. There's no way I would do that. It's on video. I don't want people to see me do that. Could you imagine? I wouldn't want to go home with that man, ma'am, if he was willing to go into one of those churches and watch these women run the whole thing and then this little effeminate dude get up there and share from his journal about how God loves everything and everyone and whatever else it is. And he says, oh, that's so nice. I wouldn't even want to go home with that guy. I want to take a shower just thinking about it. And we can make fun of it and we can mock it, but I'll say this, it's creeping into independent Baptist churches. I heard it not long ago. I went to preach someplace, and they sang good songs, but then they had to put in these little praise choruses. And as soon as they put in the praise chorus, the entire spirit changed. Everything is so soft. And here's the word, sensual. And it sets a mood. God is not in the mood-setting business. Why do you have the lights? Just to set the mood. It's all about atmosphere. If you have to set an atmosphere, there's something wrong. That laughing revival that happened a long time ago with that charismatic preacher told those people, just start laughing in the flesh and sooner or later you'll get into the spirit. Well, that's the same kind of, that's the same kind of philosophy these contemporary churches have. Let's just go ahead and get this thing built up in the flesh and then the Holy Spirit eventually, he'll move into this thing. Amen. Clothing is all feminine. That's why we have, I've mentioned it three times because I'm so bitter about it. That's why we have a hard time buying suits. Yeah. Man, you've got to go to a men's warehouse and try the thing on. I learned that the hard way. The Foley boys sold me a cheap suit, and I found out why they used half the material on the legs of that thing. Got it home, looked like I was going to yoga. Anyway, I mean, you can't buy a suit. If you're going to wear that, it's a, could you imagine, you said preach on me, could you imagine? No. I do not want to, no, I'm not going to even say it, but I can't, I don't want to imagine. Could you imagine if we, oh my, I mean, a skinny suit? That is just, that's horrifying, amen. That is very troubling. That's Halloween every day of the year. Entertainment is so feminine now. Athletics, I got an email, Lincoln signed up to play in this t-ball thing, and I got an email, and I thought, a, t a, t a little, little league t-ball email, and I thought, hallelujah, man, we're going to get big league chew and put it in his jaw, and he'll get dirty and everything, get bloodied up, and, and I opened it up today on the airplane, and it was celebrating girls in, t in little league. Girls didn't play little league when I was in little league. Girls didn't wrestle on the wrestling team either. Girls didn't play place kicker for the football team. But now it's everywhere. We're, saying, we're champion girls. No, we're attacking the Bible. Because we're trying to confuse the sexes and blur the line of God-ordained gender roles in our country. And it's more than just political. The demasculinizing, if that's even a word, of our country is more than politics. It's the trans movement, the queer movement. It's all affecting the church. In fact, most churches I go to and are probably largely run by women. Now, sometimes it's because the men are so sorry. Amen. They won't go to church. And they don't tithe and they don't say amen and they don't back the preacher. The woman has to lead. That's a shame, isn't it? But sometimes it's because 
the order's out of place. And I'll say that's more than just, well, that's just strong will. No, that's anti-Bible. Amen. This is the last time we'll talk about it until next Wednesday. I'm kidding. We won't do it next Wednesday. Depends on what I listen to. It doesn't really. But honestly, just as a church on a Wednesday night, we have to be very careful what we allow to influence us and understand what we are, are independent, fundamental Baptists. And we believe the King James Bible is the Word of God. And we believe that the blood is what atones for sin. And we believe that once you get saved, you are sealed until the day of redemption. And we believe that Christ is going to bring us up in the rapture, not that we're going to bring him down for a throne. Amen. We believe in a local church, not an ecumenical get-together on some generic piece of property where there's no doctrinal statement. We've always got to be watching for Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.